Coming up on the Best of Girls Bay footy on RSN Carnival, we catch up with future Collingwood recruit Chloe Malloy, Wilston Grain coach Laura Kidd, the Etobicoke Kangaroos Nicola Kerwin, and AFL Media's Nat Edwards. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Best of Girls Bay footy on RSN Carnival. And a quick reminder for all the latest women's footy news, just go to our website, girlsplayfooty.com, or follow us on social media. You can find Girls Play Footy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. One of the interviews we conducted around the middle of the year was with future superstar Chloe Malloy. Now, Chloe had burst onto the scene through a great TAC Cup girls campaign with the Calder Cannons, including winning the competition Best and Ferris, along with Bridie Kennedy, and also the competition's leading goal kicker. This was certainly a spotlight on her. She went across to the Diamond Creek Women's Football Club to play senior women's football in the VFLW competition, where she'd end up taking out the league's Rookie of the Year and also be joint leading goal kicker alongside Katie Brennan. Later on, she'd be taken as pick number three in the AFLW draft, headed off to the Collingwood Football Club, where her uncle Jared had played about 50 games of footy. So it was a pleasure to have Chloe on the line, and we kicked off by asking her where her junior footy career originally kicked off. So my junior footy career started at Whittlesey, um, Whittlesey Eagles, and that was so long ago. I started there. I started I was kicked there, actually. And then I played up until I think I was 12, until I had to choose basketball. How did that decision come about to choose footy or basketball? Was it just a case of, particularly in that area, and we're going back about six years now, that it just wasn't the opportunity for girls between 12 and 18 to play footy? Yes, that's exactly it. So footy, like footy for the women, hadn't, there wasn't any talk of, I guess, a future as such with what we've got now, so... It was like I was so young, but it was a decision I guess my parents and me made that um, to invest money into a sport. And if I wanted to play an elite level, I'd I'd want to hopefully make a career out of it. So I had to choose basketball at that time because footy didn't have that pathway. But um, I've returned to football as the AFL women's is now a big thing. And going back to that first phase of your junior footy career. Did you have many awards uh, honoured to you uh, in, in under-10s and under-12s, for example? Um, not that I can remember. I, I, just, I can remember that I, I, would, I managed to keep up with the boys, but I, I don't know, maybe a few participation awards with uh, Auskick in that. But, hey, we've all got to start somewhere. And as you've, <laughs> as you've said, in, in, in that six-year period, you took up basketball and became quite sex, successful at it. Uh, you, of course, uh, got uh, signed up to the Melbourne Boomers as a development player, played at Nutterwadding Spectres, uh, the uh, under-20 national titles. And I believe up until as early as uh, January this year, there was talk of uh, heading over to the U.S. Yeah, so I actually had accepted a scholarship to the U.S. on a full academic scholarship with uh, Virginia Commonwealth but um, I guess the tables turned and it was a really hard decision for me to make but I just had to follow my heart and footy was calling my name so Do you remember that uh, day, that moment where you sat down to try and make the decision of that's it, I'm I'm pulling on the footy boots again? Yeah, I, I actually do I don't think it was a certain day but I remember there was a phase where I'm like I, I looked on social media and there was uh, football everywhere and it just it overwhelmed me with how much like football was in my face and I was just like, man, I used to love that sport. Uh, I'd, go, I'd go kick with my brother and then 
there was one day where I was like, you know what? I could actually go play football now. There's a pathway for me. I can make this a career. And I remember I was so nervous to tell mum and dad because obviously the scholarship was a big thing to tell them that I was changing my mind. And I guess I was a bit scared. But I don't know. I, I had to follow my heart with what I wanted to do. And I knew footy was going to make me happy. It was tough, but I, you could say I do remember that day that I decided to put the boots back on. You're that, as we call, Auskick generation coming through. And I'm interested to know what were your thoughts, what were your feelings on that opening game that we all now talk about, that Carlton-Collingwood game at Princess Park? Well, I made sure I, I said to mum and dad, I said, I need to get to that game because I, I want to I wanna look back in a few years' time and be like, tell my kids that I remember being at the first ever AFL women's game. And <laughs> that game was, I guess... It was a start of something, and I don't think he could have had a better start to such a historic thing that will be remembered for years to come, that game at Icon Park against Carlton Collingwood. Do you remember your initial training sessions at the Calder Cannon, stepping back into the game after six, seven years off? Yes, I do. I actually uh, I caught the ball to, I guess you could call it a falcon. I, did, I went for, up for a mark. And the ball came straight through my hands and uh, I copped onto the face. So that was my welcome back to football. Uh, I think everyone's just laughing now because they know that even the great players can cop a falcon. <laughs> it just brings back everyone to a level pegging. And, and of course, you got out there, fantastic season, 20 goals uh, that you kicked throughout the TAC Cup girls' competition. How would you describe yourself as a forward? Do you see yourself as more kicking the goals on the run, as a lead-up, someone who likes to play deep and plant your feet and go body on body? Um. I mean, I, if I have the opportunity to kick the, the goal on the run, then I'm more than happy to do it. But with, I think with the cannons, I was more of a, um, a key forward. So I'd start, I'd start a bit deeper and I'd play my foot, you know, as you said, body on body. And because I was a, a bigger body in that league, I, I had the opportunity to, to use my strength and push against someone and go out for the lead and take the mark and take that set shot. You, of course, uh, split the honours with Bridie Kennedy as joint uh, TAC Cup girls, best and fairest. Uh, you'll be playing against some of these girls, no doubt, in a couple of years' time in the AFLW competition once you all start to graduate through. Who caught your eye personally throughout the competition that you thought, this is a person to worry about, this is a person I think I might be facing for the next 10 years? <laughs> well, there's actually a lot of, um, I guess, competition amongst cannons. There's one that comes to mind when you mention is Maddie Press Parker. She's a bit younger, but um, I think she's a bit of competition. Not so my position, but I could see myself playing with her in 10 years in the AFL. And then also there was a back a backman or a back woman, sorry, from Gippsland, um, Darcy Gutridge, who I think is a strong, strong backman who can also go to the mid. I don't know I see a lot of the older girls who who have all these academies, not just. Um, the TAC Cup academies, but like your, your AFL Women's Academies, who I can all see being um, stars in the AFL Women's in the next 10 years and who I'll have a competition against or maybe even be a teammate with. One of your coaches there at the Calder Cannons is uh, Collingwood AFLW star in Alicia Eva. How would you describe her coaching style? Oh, I think she was grass. I just, she was assertive when she needed to be, but she 
could always break that ice with the girls and she just I guess really connected with us and and knew how we were feeling and just how to deal with this and like I said broke the ice before the game you, you know you're nervous and you you're petrified for a game and I just think she was as much as she says we're coachable she was I guess the flip side to that and made being coached by her enjoyable and easy and a good way to learn. And as well, having her there, it could have been very easy that she could have gotten a year going, come, come on, let's come to Melbourne Uni you know, and play a season with us. What made this, the eventual decision for you to go, I'm going to play at the Creekers for 2017? Um, well, for me, Diamond Creek's local, so it's only 25 minutes and there was talk about potentially going to the to the muggers but um it was just too far with my studies and mm. diamond creek i don't know i i heard it was a really good club and a good sense of community and family there so i thought it's local it's, it's convenient for me and it's a great club so it's just easy to go to them Although it can be expensive with Shay Audley's fine system, you have been warned. Just, just, just be aware of that. I've already copped a few fines, actually, from Shazza. <laughs> and I hate to say, after hearing this interview, she might hit you for, up for another one. Look, I probably will cop one. <laughs> She's probably listening, and I'm going to... Shazza, I'll pay up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made your debut, actually, um, one level below the VFLW in the NFLW, because they actually started um, a couple of weeks earlier. How did you find that competition? Because because for you, on the scoreboard, it seemed to be easy. You put nine majors away. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't. Oh, it was easy in a sense that I guess we'd be training. The NFL squad had been training together for ages, so it wasn't as such easy. But it flowed a lot more, and obviously the scoreboard showed that we had been putting the work in the preseason, and um, those goals were set up for my teammates. And I, I think. That reflects also my work that I put in with my kicking and, and my, my my set shots that I, I do after training. So, yeah, the NFLW was a good, I guess, a good start to to the VFL for me. What was the mood like for you and the entire team going into the opening round of the VFL women's competition? Because you were up against Seaford at their ground. And to put it into context of people, uh, you were the last game of the day. There was four Seaford games before you, so I can imagine there was quite a lot of Seaford women sticking around from the other games wanting to watch. And let's say give some helpful advice from the boundary line, as you do, home ground advantage. Um, they, they had beaten the Creekers there in an upset last year, so it was a bit of a bogey ground. And, of course, the Creekers wanted to make a statement after missing finals last year. So what was that mood going into that game? Oh, well, like you said, they, it was home, home, I was going to say home court, a basketball term, home, home ground advantage, and they, we were the last game of the day. So the excitement had already been built, and the Div 1 girls had just won the previous game. So I guess for us being like Diamond Creek, coming all that way an hour and a half, um, we had like I guess a, a foot back, and they had the, the the foot forward with the the home ground. But um, I have never been that excited to play a football match in my life. And we had eight um, debut players, and it just it was I can't even describe it. Everyone was just so excited. There was a smile on everyone's face, and we were confident going into that game. And um, Scotty said to us at the start of the game, "Don't don't be afraid to make mistakes. This is 
your first game together. Um, just focus on our structures, focus on your game and just play footy and and hopefully the end score will um, reflect that and it did. You kicked four goals in the game, all of them coming in the first half. When you put your first one through the sticks, what was the feeling? Is it elation that it's your first VFLW goal or is it more a sense of relief of, okay, that's the monkey on the back, I, I know I can do this? <laughs> um, it was a bit of both actually. I was like, I was very excited because it was my first goal for the Creekers and first goal in the VFL and, and also of the match. So I was excited then, but then you get all your teammates, you jump, you give your high fives and then you get back to your line. And I had a sigh of relief. I was like, all right, first play out of the way. And now it, it just, I guess, kicking the goal, so I kicked the nerves out of the way. So it was good. You'll be going in, you and uh, all the other girls that are 18, going into a very different draft compared to last year. Last year, all the 18s were starting a fresh show, uh, besides the marquees that were announced. Who knows who was going to end up anywhere. Uh, you go into this draft after they do their trade period in a couple of weeks where then we know that there'll be five spots at every side that's got to be filled. And not only that, we'll know, okay, this side needs forwards, this side needs defenders, etc. We know the gaps they've got to fill. How does it feel that you're going to, I guess, have the microscope on you that if we spot two or three sides that need a forward, they'll be saying, oh, you know, that, that's it. It could be Chloe off to GWS or maybe to the Bulldogs. How, how does that feel? Um, I'm trying not to focus too much on it, but of course that's always in the back of your mind because that is that is your end goal. But um, for me, it's not so much worrying, but I guess for me I want to make my mark on those players that have already played AFLW in the, in the VFL and um, I guess match myself up against the best backmen and prove that I could... There's, yeah, there's only five spots in a team and they may need a forward, I want to prove myself that I'll be that forward for you for whatever team it, it will be. You said earlier that you were studying, and uh, we spoke to uh, Isabel Huntington last year, another star youth girl that hopefully will be drafted for 2018, and we asked her the question, uh, does she see herself being in football full-time? That's playing and being an administrator, coach, whatever it might be. And, and interestingly enough, she said, actually, no, she was studying medicine, and she was really interested in that and wanted a career in that. Um, for yourself personally, what are you studying at the moment? And do you, so, do you see yourself being in the football industry as a professional full-time, or are you looking to balance that with a, another career? Um, so I'm actually studying sports media, a Bachelor of Sports Media at Holmes Glen. And um, I'm hoping that actually I could maybe connect that course with AFL Vic. So, yeah, it's a different, um, I guess, field, but it's still in the footy, amongst the footy. So I'm hoping that my studies, I guess, overlap a little bit with my football. And then it allows you to stay in the game full time, always around it. And another thing that we do obviously have to look at for the draft, because this is different, unlike the men's where you nominate for a national draft and that's it, you can pop up anywhere around the country. Um, how it works here, obviously, is you either can nominate for Victoria and you'll be either a possibility of four teams uh, picking you up or you nominate for another state. And, for example, that team will pick you up if they obviously want you. For yourself, are you sitting down now to start making that decision of, do I want to stay here? Do I want to entertain the options of maybe looking at another state? Um, so it was brought up with mum and dad about, I guess, we were sitting at dinner one, one night and we are just, we're just chatting about um, what teams do have first picks and have high picks and um, GWS came up and um, dad said to me, oh, how would you think about going to GWS? And 
of course, my first initial thought was, oh, my God, that's amazing. But then I guess i got to bring myself back down to a level where I'm like, well, actually, I'm studying in Victoria right now. It's a, it's a four-year course. If I go over there, I'm not going to be able to finish off my studies. Um, I've got a job here that works around me and my football. So I haven't, I'm not, I'm not sure what I want to do yet um, with interstate or stay in Victoria. Um, I guess it's just an ongoing discussion that I'll have with my parents and uh, an ongoing thought that I'll need to have with myself as well. One last question before we let you go. Considering that you've been both a basketballer and a footballer, I'm interested to know, do you admire Aaron Phillips more as an Opals basketballer or as an AFLW premiership player <laughs> and league best and fairest? Uh, I think I just admire as an athlete to be able to, I guess, like you just said, you, the highest level of each sport you just named her against. And I just admire her as an athlete. And when she was playing basketball, she was just as awesome as she was on the footy field. Do you think it might be a possibility that you could follow in her steps, not only obviously playing AFLW, but could the door still be ajar for basketball? We will see. We will see. I'm pretty content with football right now, but I I was in love with basketball, so I'm not sure. It might come back up. Who knows? The old saying, never say never. (laughs) Chloe, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best throughout the 2017 VFLW season with the Diamond Creek side. Thank you for having me. In the middle of the year, we caught up with Laura Kidd, the coach of Wilston Grange in the Bond University QWAFL. Now, Wilston, over the last few years, had been one of the easy beat sides. It'll be on the end of a few thrashings from some of the uh, bigger clubs. But they managed to get a few recruits throughout the year, and all of a sudden, their fortunes turned around, where they were certainly giving the uh, favourites a lot of trouble, a lot of grief, and took quite a few wins throughout the season. It was great to see the improvement of the Gorillas. And when we spoke to Laura, it was just after they had their first win of the season and we asked her how does it feel particularly after going through the dark years where the gorillas were struggling to get a win for a couple of games last year and unfortunately things weren't clicking um, amazing for for the girls and um but over the season we've been able to uh, over the uh, pre-season sorry we've been able to uh, recruit very quite well um and we're developing a fantastic culture that's always been there but just we're, we're going ahead with that now I know a number of things happening off the field. Of course, one of them that was made public a couple of months ago was this uh, pseudo-partnership that you've got going with Melbourne University down in Victoria. Yeah, so um, I'm very, very thrilled to have uh, Melbourne Uni on board. I was lucky enough to uh, myself um, to play for Melbourne University and um, from that experience uh, I've been lucky enough to work with their CEO and um, develop this partnership and so we're definitely uh, leading the way here with uh, Queensland AFL um, at Wilson Grange and we're the first female uh, club in Queensland to have a partnership with a Victorian um, club and they're, and they're you know, one of your dominant clubs down there. I think they've got uh, 16 of their girls drafted this year so um, we're extremely lucky to have that partnership. We've been talking with some of the WA clubs of late and they've been reporting numbers from anywhere between 70 to 90 to even 100 showing up at their respective training sessions. What have the numbers been like uh, this year for pre-season at Wilston Grange uh, considering all the hype around AFLW? Well, um, to give you a bit of an idea, we've gone from one women's team that was you know, struggling for numbers in terms of pre- um, uh, towards the end of the season through injury. Um, so you can imagine there's you know, like 40 girls per se, um, if that. Um, and now over, 
uh, probably about a two-month period. Uh, we've gone to two women's teams. Uh, we've gone to an under-17s team. We've gone to a 15s, an under-13s and an under-11s girls team all over the Christmas period. That is a fantastic explosion in numbers, and I guess one thing that hel- I guess that one thing that helps as well is having a couple of Lions players come back to your club, including Jamie Stanton and Talia Randall. Yeah, so um, Jamie was never with us. She used to play for Cooley. Um, we're just extremely lucky that she was friends uh, with a number of girls in our team. Um, plus, she does university um, up in Brisbane, so uh, we were able to, um, you know, to have a chat to Jamie, and uh, we've also got Jordan Memory um, as well. Uh, we, and then that comes into a nice mix with uh, Talia Randall and Kate Luckins. Um, Kate Luckins on the weekend played for the Australian Defence Force. Um, she got best on ground, so we're extremely lucky to have those uh, four predominant. And that's going to bolster your side even further. And I'm just interested to know, with the Lions players back there off the field, um, how much do they have involvement in the junior program? Do any of them help out with coaching roles, etc.? And what does that mean? Um, well, in terms of um, a directive from the Brisbane Lions themselves, they basically gave them back to Clubland, they've gave, given them their reviews, and then it's really up to the club. So uh, my vision for them and my challenge to each of those uh, four Lions players is, is really to um, develop those leadership roles within uh, within our group, especially with our younger players. Um, we've got a uh, under-17 program. is extremely strong. We've got a couple of all-Australian girls um, in that team. And ultimately, um, their their aim is to get drafted. So they're really working one on one with our younger girls, really uh, paving that way for them and exp- um, explaining their experiences with the lines, and really um, trying to help that in, in club lands. Having a look at the goal kickers for the day, Maddie Peters, ten goals. A recruit for you, I believe, from Cairns. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, an exceptional um, pack of goals for, for Maddie. Maddie's a, um, a a young lady from our Cairns, and we've, we've picked her up. We've got a couple of Cairns girls. Um, she's an Indigenous player and is just an absolutely superstar. Um, she's very shy, um, so you know you'd imagine that she'd be very excited for ten girl, uh, ten goals. Sorry, but um, she just takes it in a stride, and uh, she's definitely learning. It's a huge step up from uh, Cairns to Brisbane football. Um, but you know, one step at a time. We're trying to guide her through that, and she's just uh, hopefully by the end of the season, she's definitely one of our leading goal scorers of the league. And one of the other players I saw get on the goal kicker sheet with four and also be mentioned among the best players, India Collins. Indy, yeah, definitely. Um, Indy's a fantastic young player. Uh, she's very raw still, um, so we're extremely excited to work with her and um, kind of contain her. She's a fantastic runner. Um, she's, she's small in stature, but just she has the um, firepower of you know, any any strong um, small girl. So uh, we're very, very lucky to have um, Indy in our team as well. Um, excluding the difference of, of getting a couple of Lions players into your side, what do you think was the difference, uh, again, besides the opposition of the performance of the team compared to the loss in round two to the dominant performance in round three? What do you felt clicked right? Well, uh, to, to be entirely honest, um, uh, our first game we had uh, over 10 players um, out um, of, of our team. So we had definitely had uh, basically a whole whole br- new girls. Um, so that, that was a huge uh, disadvantage to go into. Um, so it's, uh, it was exciting to expose the girls, but it's a bit hard when you're coming up against Cooperoo, which are a, a dominant team, and you're going in there with uh, basically a whole new team who's never played football, and that's their first game. Um, it was exciting that we got a win on the weekend against uh, Zillian, and we still have seven of our main players um, out of the team. So we've still got a long way to go, um, and, that, and that's the exciting bit for Wilson Grange. And it's, I guess it's the position that we've never been in before. 
the future looking positive, but a very tough game coming up. Let's just focus on round four. First of all, for your match, uh, you're hosting a Bendigo Bank Oval. Coolangatta Tweed, you're coming up against the reigning premiers who also had a big win in round three. Yeah, definitely. Um, I uh, obviously we've got competition with um, their team. They've got another uh, a number of youth uh, Queensland girls, and they've just went away to um, under 18 state titles. Um, so they've they've been named in the under 18 Queensland uh, youth team. So they've got a lot of youth on their team. Um, so they'll be quite fast. And then we've got the likes of Leah Kasler. Um, I would imagine she'd be playing in the in the ruck or in the in the centre somewhere. Um, and you know she's just a huge um, asset to that team, and uh, she's just such a great. So she'll be definitely um, one that we have to look out for on the weekend. Let's just have a quick look at the uh, other games that are on uh, in round four. Uh, at Leishon Park, Yeronga South Brisbane up against uh, UQ Red Lions. That's going to be an interesting game. It will be an interesting game. Um, Yeronga, they're in the same boat as uh, Kuparu and us. Um, they've recruited really well over the season. Um, they've also got the inclusion of Sabrina. Um, so that's a, that's a nice uh, a, a nice pickup as well, a draw card, especially uh, with her leadership qualities and um, getting people um, to the games. Um, that'll, that'll be a, a, a nice mix. It's going to be interesting to see how UQ go because unfortunately they've lost a few players over to uh, Cooperu. Um, so they're they're starting a little bit from scratch again, um, but they've still got they've picked up uh, Nick Hildebrand from Melbourne. Um, she's from a Melbourne University girl, um, so she's gone over to UQ to play. Um, and then you've got Megan Hunt, so you know they're they're there for UQ um, as well as Shawnee Webb, trying to settle the game their game play down. So it's going to be a very interesting um, game. I mean, nice to know the nice to know the result. And also your thoughts on this game as well. The Zamuri Eagles, who uh, are yet to win a game, uh, up against Maruchidor, of course, who are the newly promoted side. Yeah, it's fantastic to have um, Maruchidor in there with Stu Jackson up, up north. It's uh, definitely, you know, you've got Cooling Gutter down the Gold Coast and um, we, um, the league's screaming out for a, um, a team up in um, Sunshine Coast. So it's, and it's going to be a, a great um, competition because you've got the, the youth in Maruchidor um, and they've stepped up. Um, there's a huge step between Division One and Quaffle, um, so it's going to be a very, it's going to be a fantastic competition considering you know, that difference in pace um, that Maruchidor um, have ex- experienced. Um, and then the, the new girls that um, Zilmia are exposing to um, the, the top league and state league. And finally, before we let you go, we were focusing on the QWAFL, but as you mentioned, you've got at least two senior women's sides. You're hoping that uh, with the players coming back, that talent that uh, in the early rounds have had experience in QWAFL will hopefully uh, assist their game in the QWAFA. Yeah, definitely. Um, our, our girls that um, we're, in a, we're in a unique position that Grange has never been in before, and uh, you know we're we're for the first time having to go. Well, we, we've got so many girls, in, and they're fantastic players. Um, the girls who are in our Division One team are, um, are you know are better than the standard of our top team last year. So um, the strength of uh, girls AFL in Queensland is just going leaps and bounds now because it's AFLW league, um, and and to be a coach and the only female coach in the uh, in the league. Um, that's extremely exciting to see the promotion of women's sport in general. Well, Laura, thank you very much for your time here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the 2017 Bond University QWAFL season. 
thank you so much, and thank you so much for uh, promoting our amazing sport. Prior to the International Cup 2017 being played in Melbourne in August, we had the privilege of catching up with one of the Northern Lights footballers, Nicola Kerwin. Nicola, of course, was the AFL Ontario Best and Fairest last year. She plays for the Etipico Kangaroos in that competition. And, of course, we asked Nicola, how did she get involved in Aussie rules? Um, well, I think I, I uh, came over to uh, Canada for four years ago and I started to uh, need to find my social networking uh, group of people. So I, I started to play some Gaelic and it was true that um, after the first uh, two seasons with Gaelic, um, I was involved in a tournament in Abu Dhabi in the World Games and a couple of our, our teammates were actually on the national team for Canada. Um, I was involved in a bit of a collision with one of the girls in the final and um, my teammates, that's when they realised, yes, I need to start playing the Aussie rules. There was a bit of a fight in me. Um, so, yeah, so I got involved through Gaelic, and I've uh, played two seasons with Etobicoke Kangaroos. Um, my first season was a bit of a blur. I didn't know what was happening. We are running around the field, um, so it was a lot of, lot of challenges. But last season was absolutely fantastic, and uh, we've, we've grown the sport pretty well. Um, so, yeah, lots of exciting times ahead. And, of course, as you said, you were originally from Ireland. What part, and did you originally play Gaelic back home? Yeah, I, I play Gaelic like like most of us. I come from a, a small town that wouldn't be really known for the GAA. So I played up to about the age of 15. Um, I focus a lot more on athletics and basketball going through um, secondary school and university. So I did have that background in me um, up to the age of about 15. But as I said, I came from um, a small town that wasn't known for the GAA. So it was a little bit laughable if I was playing, unfortunately. Um, but now they're doing a lot better. But um, yeah, I have that bit of background in Gaelic. So a lot of transferable skills, which is it's great for footy. Do you recall your first footy training session? Yeah, um, it was an indoor session um, that we had about, literally about two years ago in April. And uh, one of our teammates had said, you know, this is our coach, this is Greg Everett, he's going to teach you everything you need to know. And I was like, okay, who's this Aussie? What's going on? Um, like, like she said, he taught me everything I know, so I have a lot to thank for him. But our first training session, we're lining up. He's like, okay, this is what we do for tackling. I was like, what? There's tackling in this game? So um, I do remember very well. I walked away that day um, going home to watch lots of videos to find out what I'm getting myself involved in. Um, so, yeah, some some great memories. What have you found so far is probably the most difficult thing to learn or master in the game? Um, I think it's, it's kind of knowing if you're to step into different positions, how to help each other out. Um, you know, I, I have a quite strong uh, personality or leadership uh, skills on the team. So I find a lot of time players would look up to myself um, for some advice. And at the same time, I'm like, wait, this is my second year playing. I'm, I'm new too. Um, so it's, it's trying to get involved and in, in learning as much as you can and be able to pass that knowledge on. Um, luckily, we've had the uh, AFLW um, to be able to watch over and over again. So that has been fantastic. You know, I feel like I'm ready to go take a specky any day now uh, after watching the likes of Aaron Phillips. So, yeah, I think it's just about learning as much as we can in the short space of time um, and being able to transfer those skills um, onto the field. Now, we've been talking about uh, some of the other international players about the, the game being streamed, AFLW online. What does it mean, particularly in Canada, where just by luck, some of the morning or early afternoon games for the women are being shown uh, in prime time, which I'm saying Friday night, Saturday night uh, in North America? Yeah, that, that was that was great for us. We were able to get some of our, our provincial, um, after provincial training, we would head off together and watch some of the games together so it, it was it was great I found myself last Friday night not knowing what to do um, because I would normally have my schedule 
to watch some of the live footy. Um, it was fantastic as well that we were able to see um, teammate uh, Haley Trevine step in on round seven. Uh, you know, we're messaging her constantly, um, coming from a tub called Kangaroos and watching her live on TV was out of, I was crazy, out of this world. We actually had our, our um, a recruitment session um, that night and then we were able to make sure we escaped home early to make sure we watched our teammates play on TV. And what was Haley's time like back at uh, the Etobicoke Kangaroos? How long ago was that? Yeah, so I, I started playing in 2015, and that was her last season before she went back to um, Australia. So I believe she had two or three seasons um, with the Etobicoke Kangaroos. Um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. She, she was such a, a strong player up in the forward line. You know, I would play in the rocker in the mids, and... You know, I'd give a, um, a kick into Haley, and you, you don't you don't even have to look what's happening next. You know what she's going to do. Um, she reads the ball very well, and she's a very strong physical player, and was just able to to put the the boot on the, um, the foot on the boot, and just the ball was was going straight to goal every time. Um, so she's such a strong player, such great confidence as well, and she was able to um, get around her teammates every time. So she taught us a lot, and. Um, She's continuously growing. She, our club is extremely proud of her. Um, you know, she had to battle a lot of, of challenges coming into the season, but playing with her was, was fantastic, and I'm constantly messaging her. And all she wants to know is when I'm coming over. When am I coming over? Is that something you can leverage on, that um, a, a player from Canada, as much as Kendra Hall's been um, drafted by Collingwood, um, of course, unfortunately, she's been injured. Hopefully, she'll be back in 2018. And Hayley, although being an Aussie, because she played in Canada, you're able to say, this is one of our players. Have you been able to use that? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the pathway that um, Greg Everett and Jason Arnold created in terms of uh, club level, we now have a provincial level, and now on to national, they've created a really good um, uh, national program that we definitely are all part of, and we can all say, yes, uh, Haley is one of ours, um, for sure. She she played in um, the, provinci- uh, the Parallel Cup, so she played in the Car- Parallel Cup for the Lights team uh, for Canada, so... We definitely um, are very proud of her and going through this um, system that um, our head coach and assistant coach have been able to create. For yourself personally, what do you felt clicked last year to go from being a rookie in 2015 to being the league best and fairest in 2016? Yeah, um, crazy, crazy times. It, it was, I guess, my first year, as I said, it was a bit of a blur. It was a lot of learning. Um, and then in the last year, I just played, I was able to gain a lot of confidence and understand the game a little bit more. Um, you know, it's, it's, you can get best and fairest or whatever, that's that's fine. You know, I, I am, I'm extremely proud of that, but it's that wouldn't be possible without my teammates or without the coaches behind me. So um, I don't really look at individual titles too much. It's what we can achieve as a team. Um, for us to go back-to-back um, AFL uh, Ontario flag winners was a fantastic achievement especially considering in 2016 we had lost um, about 10 players from the previous year. So although we went back-to-back, we saw a lot of new players come in. Um, and that can be quite challenging is to have the turnover of, of new bodies coming in um, and trying to keep that standard very high. And to give uh, those back in Australia an idea of the competition, uh, how much players are we roughly talking per club out of the four teams? I believe there's uh, also the Hamilton Wildcats, the Central Blues and the High Park Demons. Yeah, so we have four teams in the league, and we, we generally play 12 aside um, on 120 metres length of field, so a little bit shorter than the men. Uh, we play each other three times and then into the finals. 
So we're looking at about approximately 70 to 80 players in our league, in our women's league, um, for across the four teams. Um, but as I said, uh, last year we saw a turnover about 10 uh, girls. This year we're looking at maybe losing about five or six girls. So it's continuously turnover. It would be fantastic if we're able to maintain those 70, 80 girls every single year and build on for that. But, you know, in just this climate, it's just not um, achievable, unfortunately. As you said, back-to-back premiers, what do you put the success down to, despite having to turn over at least 10 players, that you're able to keep that winning formula at the Kangaroos? Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of drive and passion that some of the girls have. So we were able to great, create um, a bit of a structure with a hope kind of uh, leadership group um, and know what, what drives us to succeed. But a lot of it will go down to our, our coaching um, Greg Everett, absolutely fantastic guy who has uh, put his heart and soul into us. Um, you know, everyone's there on a volunteer basis, but um, Greg Everett, he's marking out the fields every single uh, weekend for the games. He's cutting the grass as well as spending his time um, coaching us. So I think the coaching um, has been very successful for us. Um, although last year, um, Greg was away himself. Um, at, he's um, a triathlon athlete, so he had a lot of international competitions last year. So even last year was very very challenging as we we got some support from um, the men's team but we were really coaching ourselves um, so yeah it was a lot to learn last year but I think as I said it's the main hope of we get that five or six girls um, who are really passionate about the, about the team and what we can do pushing forward we have some girls um, one of our girls she's um, only 18 but she's been playing for no joke for six years um, so she, you know to have an 18 year old who's already got six years experience is amazing. Indeed it is, particularly those outside of Australia, because virtually junior leagues are almost non-existent. Yeah, yeah, so we have um, one of our um, so Greg Everett was our co-founder along with um, Emil Studham so Emil um, has his own program over here, it's X Movement which he goes out to schools and teaches some of the Australian sports so from that we've been able to catch um, a couple of girls even in secondary school and bring them through um, into our system. So we've been very lucky that way and what um, outside supports has been able to pump girls through to us. How about for yourself personally also uh, having to prepare for IC17 uh, in August in Melbourne? Uh, what's your training load been like as we're building up to that competition, which is now just four months away? I know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I look at my watch and I have a countdown. Our training camp is in 33 days. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's great. Uh, we Canada is a large country. We kind of break up into east and west. So we have eastern western camps happening um, at the start of May. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot happening. But we're very accountable for what we want to achieve. Although we don't see each other, our social media is constantly uh, pumping what, what we're doing for training wise. Um, yeah, I'm always been a competitive player personally. So to get up at you know five thirty, six thirty in the morning. Although it's very hard when it's, there's snow on the ground and you have to get there to get to the pool or get to the gym, um, I'm always being kind of an internal, um, internally motivated. So it, it, it's great. It's great to, to be age, age 29 and have something that is continuously motivating me to compete at a national level. It's, it's fantastic opportunities. Um, so with our, with our national team, we also have a development squad. So not just the, the 30 that are trading for the for the um, IC, we also have a tournament happening in London um, and some of our players will be heading over that. So we have a huge, huge um, training group 
across the country about 50 to 60 players who are playing nationally so we're constantly driving and supporting each other to see what we can achieve and and turnover again for IC um, we have nine rookies in our squad um, me being one of them we've had maybe four or five who have put on the lights jersey before um, for the parallel cup and then I guess we have maybe about 15 maybe returning if that from the previous IC 14 so there's a lot of turnover there but we're very determined um, to succeed we will quietly work away while other um, other national teams are hitting up the um, social networks a little bit more we'll keep quiet we'll tinker along here um, it's easy going into a season hunting but now we're being hunted as the, the reigning champion so we'll quietly um, do our work and put our heads down and we'll we'll turn up in Melbourne and for you personally is it your first time to Australia yeah, yeah. So um, my first time to Australia. So I actually have a friend who's going to fly in from Ireland. I have a friend that's current going to fly across. So um, it's very exciting. I've been uh, very lucky to get a lot of uh, financial support from friends and family to help me make this trip happen as it's um, very costly. Um, but I'm very excited. I'm not looking forward to the long flight because if I was based in Ireland, I'd be flying uh, one direction. But because I'm in Canada, I'm flying the other direction. So um, it's going to be a long time to get there, but it's all going to be worth it. Well, we certainly look forward to you arriving in August to take part in IC17 as part of the Northern Lights. But personally, at the moment, you've got the uh, Kangaroos to worry about and the AFL Ontario Premiership. Just quickly, when is the season due to start for uh, 2017 in Ontario? Yeah, so we're due to start generally after May to four weekends. So it'll be towards the end of June. Uh, or sorry, the start of June that we'll be kicking off. So after the girls come back in um, good shape after London. So yeah, not too long away. Um, we're still recruiting for players. We we have about uh, 14, 15 at the moment. So we, we look to have a panel of about 18 girls to make sure the season um, kicks off nice and smoothly as we have a lot of a lot of events happening in the summer. So if uh, if anyone is, is listening and is looking for something to do in Toronto, um, come check us out at tobacocangaroos.com or you can find us on our social media, uh, tobacocangaroos, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're all there. You're listening to the best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. Earlier in the year, we caught up with a friend of mine who you know as the face of Footy Feed on afl.com.au and an on-the-spot reporter for AFL Game Day. Her name is Nat Edwards and she decided to ride the female footy wave and dust off the footy boots and pull them on again to run around with old Camberwell in the VAFA women's competition, which kicked off this year. And, of course, it ended up being a successful year for old Camberwell as they took out, if I'm correct, Division 2 of the VAFA women's. And we naturally asked Nat, how did it come about to you pulling on the footy boots again? Because it's been a long time. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Because I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm actually uh, turned 30 last year, so I'm a bit of a veteran. But um, basically, my brother plays for Old Camberwell. Um, He went to Camberwell Grammar, and I've been around the club for quite a while and always been jealous of the boys playing footy. And uh, this year, when they announced they were going to have a women's side for the first time, I thought, oh, why not? Let's just give it a crack. Um, and, yeah, that's sort of how it all came about. Went to trainings, uh, pre-season training, I think started in November, and uh, I just love having a kick of the footy. And I, and I have to say, I'm just having the best time of my life at the moment playing footy. It is amazing fun, and I'm just loving every minute. So, yeah, that's how it all came about, a bit of a family connection, which is cool. 
Now, we'll touch on the Wellers in just a moment's time, but obviously there's been a lot of talk lately about uh, women in sports media and more and more of them coming through. Uh, for yourself, you've been in the, in the system for a while in the AFL. Where did that first originally start out? Yeah, so I was lucky enough. I studied journalism um, at RMIT Uni um, and I was lucky enough when I graduated to sort of fall into a a role at afl.com.au in its early days where the content was outsourced. So I worked for a company called Media Giants and we did all the content for the AFL website. So I sort of fell into that role and... um, Worked in a lot of video side of things, um, not so much text, and then I sort of developed from there. And um, after three or four years there, I moved on to radio and uh, did a stint for a while at 1116 SEN, working in the newsroom there. And then I sort of came back to AFL Media once it was branded that way and um, back at afl.com.au. So it's sort of been a full circle over the last oh, eight or so years, seven or eight years. So it's um, it's been really fun and, and I love footy, so I couldn't ask for a better job. Do you think the journey that you've had is ta- that's taken to you where you are now could have happened 10 years ago, particularly when, when you're in the industry at that stage? There's only the likes of Sam Lane, obviously, as we know, as the face of seven. There's Caroline Wilson at the age. There was Tiffany Cherry that was about on Fox Footy, and, and that was about it. There was only a handful of names. Yeah, and look, it it is difficult and more difficult for women to sort of break in, but I think I came in at a really good time. Um, I guess, like at that time, afl.com.au were looking for a fresh female face um, to, I guess, put on their website and, and to develop their news video side of things, and so that actually helped me. So being female singled me out, really. Um, they came to the university and said, we want um, a female presenter, a journalist who loves footy and knows her footy. Who have you got? And my name came up straight away. So I was really lucky in that sense. And I think now uh, a lot of employers and a lot of the media are trying to find women who love sport and who know sport um, and know footy. So I think now it's probably more of it of an advantage um, being a female in the industry, but it, it is still hard. Um, and I guess you get questioned sometimes. Your credibility is questioned on social media. A lot of people saying, oh, you've never played the game, so what would you know? You get things like that and you're judged on your appearance probably more harshly than others. But um, at the end of the day, I think there's plenty of room for women um, in the sports media industry. And I think certainly times are changing. So I'm very lucky to be working um, at this time now where, you know, really it's starting to open up for women. Jumping back to your involvement in football on the field, did you ever pick up the Sharon in your junior days? Yeah, I did. So, oh, God, this is going back a long time and showing my age, but um, it was probably Vic Kick instead of Oz Kick back in the day. And um, when I was, you know, seven years old, I just wanted to play footy. And um, I asked my dad if I could go play Vic Kick. Um, and I was the only girl at um, Ashburton, it was the Ashley Redbacks. Um, back then, that was my local club, and I went down and played big kick there. And because I was so small, and for those who haven't seen me, I'm only five foot two. Um, I had to play with boys that were a year or two younger than me. So I played footy up until about age twelve, and then I was basically told you can't play footy anymore with the boys. That's it. And I guess my parents never really explored 
um, any other options for me to continue playing footy. Uh, and I don't think there were a lot of options in our area where I grew up. And I guess I just turned my focus to tennis, which was my second sport. So, uh, yeah, after age 12, I sort of hung up the footy boots, so to speak. But I always had a kick with my brother and, and mates at school and things like that. And I was, you know, always running around with um, a footy in the backyard. But, uh, yeah, it's been what, 17 years later, I'm actually living the dream and, and playing footy, which is phenomenal. I'm loving it. I guess when you think back then, particularly as you went through your teenage years, um, did you turn to football media as a case of, I still want to be involved in the game, this door or this door of playing has been closed to me, I'm going to take the media option? Yeah, most certainly. And, you know, I was obsessed with football um, growing up. Um, I back for Hawthorne, and that was because my prep teacher, Mrs. McGuinness, um, her son Scott played for Hawthorne, and he came in one day when I was in prep and just did handball drills, and I just fell in love with the brown and gold. Um, and the rest is history. I, yeah, just love footy so much, and I love stats. And um, I used to cut out all the newspaper clippings of Hawthorne games and the stats, and then I'd write a little match report and and put it in a scrapbook. Um, so I was real nerdy like that. Uh, and, yeah, I just always loved watching footy. And I guess when I finished school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I started um, actually studying physiotherapy when I left year 12. And that was because I love sport so much, but I only lasted a year and then decided if you love sport so much, you love footy, why not talk about it as a job or write about it for a living? Um, and that's when I decided to switch my focus to becoming a sports journalist and, um, and you know, talking and reporting and analysing the game that I just love so much. So it's I'm really lucky to be able to go to work every day and just talk about footy and watch footy, which is, you know, my life passion. So that's pretty amazing. One thing I'm interested to know about from your point of view is um, before AFLW, we've had over the last few years, since I think about 2013, we've had the AFL women's exhibition matches. So that's when women's football started to be put into the spotlight. Um, But then we've seen the actual spike in team uh, registrations come along this year once AFLW was announced. For you personally, uh, why did you probably not pick up the footy over the last few years? Why was it till AFLW that the spark went, that's it, I'm doing it, I'm signing up? I think because, I mean, the exhibition matches were fantastic to watch, but it was just two teams and you were sort of thinking – you know, is it really possible? Is there the potential? And and while it had triggered, you know, I guess um, a little bit of interest in my mind, for some reason it was just when the AFLW competition came in and there was so many women um, drafted and able to play and you saw the standard. um, I don't know, something in me just clicked and I was like, and and I saw women who were my age, 30-year-olds, even older, um, like you look at Kate Sheen, like playing and I'm like, I'm not too old. I can still do this. And I think for me, it was always age was a barrier. Um, I thought I was too old to play footy at a competitive level and also through work and I play tennis still. I had so much going on. I was like, oh, can I make time for this? But I guess I just sort of thought, you know, you only live once and I'm not getting any younger. So if I'm going to play footy, I've probably only got a couple of years left in me. So why not just give it a crack and I think seeing the AFLW competition and how well it was received it just gave me the confidence um, to just say hey 
I'm going to do what I want to do, and that's play footy. Did you always know that you were going to play for Old Camberwell in the VAFA? Because, again, mentioning that you're a Hawthorne fan, the Hawks did have that tryout day in November at Waverley for what is now the Box Hill Hawks. They did indeed, and I thought about that. But, you know, let's be honest, I am not uh, at that standard. So um, for me, I think Old Camberwell, just the connection, having my brother there and knowing a few people around the club, um, my long-time tennis partner, Louise, is I convinced her as well to pull on the boots and she's an absolute jet. So um, that was sort of easy for us to decide to play together and it's a local club. Um, and, yeah, I just like the sort of, you know, I'm running around training and my brother's over the other side of the oval having a kick and, and just that sort of family connection. So for me it was a no-brainer. And, yeah, you know, um, I haven't played football in a while. So I think start small and, and see where it goes. Flashing back to, uh, I guess, my junior days, um, I remember opening up the local paper and if you played footy, if you were named in the best, if you played cricket, if you scored a 30 or you got three wickets, you got that small little bit of print of your name in the paper in junior cricket. Um, for you personally, when you look on the VAFA website, round two, Old Camberwell's had their first win and there you are named as amongst the best players. What does that mean to you, particularly after being out of the game for 17 years? I'm not going to lie, I may have like screenshotted the website and then like highlighted my name and texted it to my husband and my brother and my mum and dad. And I probably, you know, I'd stick it on the fridge if I'd printed it out. Look, I was so proud of myself and um, it's something that I say easily. I don't want to sound up myself or anything, but, you know, just because I'd waited such a long time to actually play a game and um, I've enjoyed training so much and I love the girls that I play alongside. I've just had the best time. It was it was a nice moment to, I guess, be recognised for, for the hard work and, and also, you know, it kind of affirmed for myself that I wasn't a complete dad and that, you know, I was justifying my reasons for putting on the boots, I guess. So it was a really nice feeling. Um, it was great as well to get the first win. Uh, we probably hadn't prepared ourselves for a win, uh, given that in the first round against Old Geelong, we were absolutely smacked. So round two comes along. We surprised ourselves, had the win, and didn't know all of the words to the club song. So it was very interesting in the rooms after the game. Um, we sort of knew a few words here and there. It's to the Sydney Swans theme song as well. So we kind of knew the tune, but, um, yeah, singing all the words, that's something we really need to work on. So we'll probably have to uh, study up a little bit for next time. Now, I'm obviously imagining most of the girls that are playing for old Camberwell are first-year players. Is that when reality smacks you in the face, that first wind of, oh, hey, this is happening, this is real? Yeah, it really did. And, you know, to be honest, there's, our team is mixed. Um, there's some girls that have played before um, and some that have never picked up a footy before and had a kick. And the difference from, like, day one pre-season, November to now, is astonishing. The girls who haven't played before have picked up the skills amazingly well and girls who, you know, had a kick before um, have really improved as well. But the thing that I love the most about the girls at the Wellers is just that everyone has a crack. And that's one thing, you know, you're not sure about, like, what's the physicality of the game going to be like? But this game is physical and the girls just go out there. They have a crack. They're in and under. Um, no one shies away from the contest. And 
we, even though we lost in round one by God knows how many points, probably 80, 90 points, and we only scored one goal, and that was in the last 45 seconds, when my teammate L scored the goal, we pretty much chaired her off the ground, and everyone was so excited and so ecstatic. Um, and just the team spirit, despite the fact that we'd lost by so much, was incredible. And I think that's the great thing is that everyone is just having so much fun out there. Um, and I'm a really competitive person. I'm the first to admit that. But, um, you know, just the mateship and, and just the fun that we're having out there means so much more than, than wins at this stage, although wins are really nice. <laughs> Now, for you, like every other woman that's playing football, there's a lot of commitments to juggle. You probably even more so because not only does AFL news break during the week, most of the news itself happens on the weekend, putting on your AFL media hat as well as Channel 7 and other commitments. How do you balance it all and how accommodating have your employers been so you're able to live that dream and get out in the park and play amateur football? Yeah, look, it's been difficult. I'm actually working six days a week technically um, this year during footy season uh, and I've also I play competition tennis on Saturday mornings so um, it did mean that I had to miss uh, round three footy on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to juggle a lot of things in my life but, you know, work are really supportive. I think they have... Um, a really good understanding of a work-life balance and that everyone needs one. And um, I think if you work really hard and you make the commitment to your job, they see that and they're willing to be a little bit more flexible if they can to allow you to do these extracurricular activities. So work have been really supportive. They love asking me um, about footy on the weekends and they allow me to get away a little bit earlier Um on a Tuesdays and Thursdays so I can I can get to training and try and roster me so that I can play footy where I can. Um, so, yeah, look, it's a juggling act. Uh, it's not easy at times. And to make things probably a little bit more difficult, I'm going away on my honeymoon for six weeks <laughs> to Europe coming up. So um, this year was always, in terms of footy, was just, all right, let's give it a go, um, try and juggle as much as I can. But next year I'm going to um, – I'm going to give up tennis for a season, so I'm going to really commit to footy and and um, and really go hard at that next year. So yeah, work are really understanding, but you know, you just try and do everything. So there's not much spare time for anything else, really. Well, you did say the magic words. Europe and there is of course footy in Europe Sweden Paris. Uh, there's the London competition, so you you know just just pack the footy boots just in case. Yeah, I know. And I have to stay fit as well because I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss six weeks and, you know, the fitness is going to drop off. So I'm going to have to go for some runs. I'm going to bring a Sharon with me anyway and uh, have a kick with my husband. He's been really good, like coaching me um, on the sidelines and uh, doing some extra training sessions with me to get my kicking um, a little bit better. So, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll make sure that we maybe can make a cameo for a couple of uh, sides over in Europe. Now, just quickly before we let you go, um, earlier when you were mentioning about um, obviously how you've come up through the media ranks, of course, so we're doing the VFL Women's Competition this year, some uh, new yep. inductees, including uh, Neve Felton and Lucy Watkin joining us. We should point out that you actually also got your start in the VFL, a bit, a bit on the men's side, if I'm correct, as a boundary rider at 3WBC Box Hill. That's right. And before that, I was at the Eastern Football League um, and their media team doing boundary riding and 
um, and other things like that. And then, yeah, I uh, spent a lot of time with the Box Hill Hawks and um, the 3WBC commentary team that you know all too well as well, Pedro. So, that was very ordinary. Um, <laughs> no, you weren't. You were brilliant. And it was so much fun. We had such a great team um, in those days um, with Paul Hooper, who's been terrific as well and been a great support to me. Um, so, yeah, and you've always got to start somewhere. And I did so much volunteer work when I was at uni, just whether it was the Eastern Football League or um, with the VFL coverage, just doing as much as I could to get as much experience and just basically throwing myself into into footy and yeah we had a lot of fun as a commentary team um good times but you know sometimes some very very cold times sitting on the boundary and some very wet times as well and i'll let everyone know that she once did boundary riding in the grandstand (laughs) behind the commentary teams because they were drowned as rats in the first half it was the worst day it was so cold and it was just bucketing down and yes i'm a little bit of a pansy and i didn't want to get completely wet so I was huddled behind the commentators in the grandstand pretending to boundary ride from there I I think think I did a good job anyway I think the phrase cup of concrete might have been used at some stage (laughs) yeah fair enough too (laughs) Well, Nat, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We wish you all the very best in the remaining games that you do have with the Wellers and, of course, your honeymoon throughout Europe. Thanks so much for having me on and best of luck throughout the year. And that wraps up yet another best of Girls Play Footy on RSN Carnival. A quick reminder, you can download this program as a podcast by going to Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud and searching for Girls Play Footy. Don't forget, for all the latest women's footy news, go to girlsplayfooty.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just simply search for Girls Play Footy. I'm Peter Holden. Until next time, it's bye for now.